Hey guys, this is Nikan Rest and this is Shiwu Alchemy. Welcome back. This is season two. Today we will be discussing fear of intimacy. Yeah, so basically the topic of today is are you dating for fun or are you dating to avoid intimacy? So as you guys know, if you've been around for season one, I joke around about this topic a lot. A lot of people call it like living your best life, dating just today. But at what point are we dating as a hobby with no ill intention whatsoever? And at what point is it literally an inept unconscious tool we use to not feel lonely while still keeping us emotionally distant from others? So, let me break it down a little bit. Essentially, we're talking about fear of intimacy and how it's like a game of tug of war with your desire for love. That's essentially what's happening here. It's like you want to settle down. You want to have someone. But at the same time, you're actually terrified of love and what it means to settle down and what it requires of you to fully be in love, be in a loving relationship. And I know I have definitely seen this happen in my lifetime with myself and with others. Now, what about you, Nick? Is this something you have consciously or unconsciously done yourself? Or have you consciously recognized this in other people's lives? Whether it be friends, family, or people you dated, you cannot use me as an example. So besides me, is this something you have seen? I think like in the past, I dated more for fun most of the time it was like just for like a free meal (laughs) (laughs) or like an early college simply to get off of campus and just chill in another room instead of my dorm so so I have done it but the thing is with me I was always back then more of a free spirit yeah I'm pretty much I was pretty much an open book at that time in college so they probably was looking at me like I'm sure she isn't opening up like this with everybody so I'm sure she really likes me so then I would get caught up because I'm like no I'm just open and that's just me so I can honestly say it was something that I did do in the past in the back of my head I still wasn't trying to put that much effort in it on the other hand and I would run away or people get close and be like oh what are you doing (laughs) definitely something that I did do in my early college years and you know what I really sometimes think about it like I don't know if it should be held against us when we're so young because we're still figuring ourselves out like we don't we I really feel like before the age of 25 um not to say you can't hurt people I definitely experienced my first heartbreak when I was like 19 um so you definitely can but when I'm older and I look back I'm like you don't know what she was doing like <laughs> you don't know what she was doing you 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 was going to what was that place we used to go to on the levee brothers like you was going to brothers, brothers spinning all types of money on one night 
And then the next day was trying to figure out how you could eat and you had to survive on McDonald's dollar meal for a week. Like you were, that was not your brightest point in your life. You, you were still trying to figure out how to have fun and balance a budget. You, it's not your fault. You didn't know how to handle your feelings or others. Like, so I feel like a lot of us, especially in those younger years were like that. But I feel like, um, 25 and above, I think you were a lot more conscious in your dating. And I feel like you were a lot more open and honest about what you wanted and pursuing what you wanted. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Okay, let's say like 27. Like, let's say 27 above. Maybe not 25. That might be giving you too much credit. (laughs) Yes, because we were 25. I was talking to that one person and I was thinking about that one person but i was talking to hella other people too okay yeah so let's say 27 point of view yeah yeah yeah, yeah. let's say 27 i start slowing down a bit trying to make decisions (laughs) (laughs) what am i doing with my life now (laughs) now in the past i would say this was definitely 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 me like like up until 2020 this was definitely me um i it, it was the whole tug of war thing I was talking about earlier, where it was like there was a huge part of me that was like lifetime movie type love, depending on what lifetime movie we're talking about, looked great. Like it looked romantic and it sounded awesome and partnering on person and that just seems like something I wanted. But it's like the moment I would realize that required me to be vulnerable, I would immediately detach myself. And I know there's definitely certain people I dated in the past that it could have led to something really great. And it could have led to meaningful relationships that I backed out of the minute it got too intimate, the minute it required me to give too much of myself. So I know I had definitely done this before. And again, kind of like I said earlier, it feels like that tug of war where it's like, no, I do want love. I do want to settle down the white picket fence, to do the mom thing, to do the, you know, have that one person and be their one person. And I wanted it, but I just did not want the steps required to get it. Like I wanted to meet a person and immediately have that (laughs) just be like, cool, we there. I didn't want to do the whole like, okay, I'm going to let down my wall and I have to feel the feeling of what it feels like to let down my wall, not knowing where this is going to lead. I did. I don't want to go through the whole, okay, this is what it feels like to trust you for the first time. This is what it feels like to trust you for the second time and then hope that it goes well. Like I wanted to bypass all that and just already be at the, nope, trust is here, vulnerability is here, and I did not have to go through the hard parts of getting there. It's just there. And as we know, that's not how relationships work. So yeah, this is definitely, definitely, definitely something I definitely did Um but I'm not doing currently, I don't think. I mean, I'm definitely not. I haven't got to practice it on a real person yet, though, so we'll see how that goes. But with this said, let's break down what we even mean by intimacy. So when we say intimacy, we're talking about allowing yourself to connect to somebody deeply through expressing your feelings, trust, and that big V word, vulnerability. Now, All of that sounds great and dandy until you actually have to do it in practice for a lot of people. 
The fear of intimacy is basically you are walking around with barriers to the deepest part of you. It is saying, I will give myself to you, but only in pieces. You're not allowed to have the whole me. And when you give yourself to people in pieces, especially when we're talking about vulnerability and fear of intimacy, you're only giving them the superficial parts. The deep, heavy parts you're keeping away from them because you're scared that they cannot handle it, that they will not handle those parts with care. And what you're asking is you're asking another person to give you the whole of them and to be okay with never getting the whole of you, which is not only not fair, but that's not how love works. Now, have you ever dated anyone like this? I actually have. We were dating years back, whatever. And I was really falling for him, but he never really asked, like, asked me, like, to go take us to the next level. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to stop. But then we ended up, you know, dating again. And it just, like, he was comfortable with people that was close to me, like, building bonds with people that was close to me. I met his friends. I partied with his friends. I, like, they knew me. But it still was like, I know I know people everywhere he traveled, everywhere he lived. I knew these people, they knew me. But he still wasn't trying to make that extra step to do the commitment. And it's just like, but it's like he couldn't really explain why either. And I really feel like that close into it and then pulled back so rapidly. And so mm-hmm. like confusing. Uh, I think you're just scared can't let go of that fear sometimes i can say it's from our past but other times it's a it's a mixture of our past situations and just himself yeah oh definitely yeah one i know exactly who you're talking about and then two even in that situation i think this is somebody like i've always rooted for you to be with (laughs) and it's because like I understood what he was doing and it made sense to me. Like, I didn't like that he was doing it to you, but I'm like, yeah, 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 no, because that, yeah, that's that's what I do. Like, no, no, give it a chance. Somebody needs to give us a chance and push us through <laughs> and make us see the light. I used to call you out on that. I was like, but you know, I don't like when he does that to me, so you shouldn't probably do that to that person. Yes, no, 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 you did. You, you did, you did, you definitely did. Sometimes unrighteously though, because the last time I did it, like, Hindsight 2020, it it was good. Like I should not have ended up with that person. Like that person in me. Hindsight 2020 was like, no. But you definitely during that time was like, but could you really be mad at that? Yes, I could. And I am. And I still am mad about it. <laughs> and I he deserved to be deserted. I don't understand. But <laughs> No, you're right. You did used to call me out righteously, and you were right in a lot of those situations where it was like, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. That's not a right thing to do. I think you really love this person, and that's an unhealthy way to show love. But I'm better. I promise y'all, I'm better. Y'all gonna see my next relationship, and y'all gonna be like, goals. Look at Ress being healthy. Her therapist would be so proud. <laughs> I'm gonna be... <laughs> I'll be so healthy. I promise. Watch. But with that particular person, I definitely, definitely agree with you. I think it was that because, like you said, the person you're talking about, I remember like when you guys were dating, they would push 
and they would push they would push like family stuff and it would really seem like everything was going cool and going along with it and then it would pull back but it wasn't like a pullback of like out of like dissing or anything else they would still very much be there and loving it was just like and almost like they would get like panic attacks and then pull back but still want to be connected unless you know like I care I'm there blah 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 but also like you said I think that was a mix of that person's past and also their personality but they had a lot of stuff in their childhoods though that would make sense to them having a fear of intimacy to me because I know like the stuff mm-hmm. we were doing oh yeah like the stuff we were doing coming oh yeah Oh, yeah. I was actually talking to a girlfriend earlier today before we were recording, and me and her were talking about how the story goes sometimes with men, how they're like, yeah, she was delusional, blah, 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 how sometimes making like gaslight, and as a woman or as the other person, because it's really not a sex thing, it's whoever, but as a person you can be like no we you definitely did this you definitely pushed to make this seem like it was this way you definitely like this is not in my head and they were talking about a situation where that happened to them and I was like yeah no girl I remember it was going on and I remember you being like having conversations with them and they'll be like yes because I want commitment and I want blah 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 and they pulled back and I was thinking about the difference when I have this conversation with like male friends because you'll say that to them and they'll be like nah because he was he was playing game he was never serious and you know he was he was stringing shoddy along and blah 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 and you know sometimes you know you just smile at a girl and she think y'all getting married and you be like I ain't never tell you no BS like that and you're like no y'all homeboys just be lying to y'all because a lot of the situations I know of with my girlfriends, like I had a girlfriend who introduced me, like the dude took us out to dinner. He uh, wanted to get to know her friends, took us all out to dinner. And they made it very clear while I was at dinner with them, like, yo, this is what I want. I'm going to do right by your homegirl, blah, blah, blah. And same thing, like pushed to the pinnacle of like, okay, we're about to do this for real. And then ran away and then chased her for years after that. But like, sometimes I'll talk to my homeboys about situations like that, and they be like, yeah, nah, cause shawty thought, but you know, he ain't never really said, hey, see y'all women, y'all be getting carried away, and blah, blah, blah. Like, first of all, your homeboy is still stalking me from a account with no pictures, and I'm the only person he follows. Stop playing, okay? <laughs> it's been two years, and he's still stalking my Instagram. No, y'all homeboys just lying to y'all. Sometimes it really is a situation of, whether it's fear, intimacy, where it's playing games or not, it really has a situation of one person not presenting what the real issues are, whether it be fear of commitment, whether it be they're unsure, whether it be fear of intimacy, whether it be I'm dealing with too many other demons or I'm playing games. It's usually one person not presenting the full facts to the other person and the other person doesn't know until so that person pulls back on them out of nowhere. Because people would be thinking, like, oh, well, you should have seen it coming. And there's definitely situations like that. But I, as a therapist, I have heard and seen and been in session many times in these situations where it did come out of nowhere. And you're like, hmm, how how are they supposed to know that? And unfortunately, when you do that, now you just create intimacy issues for them, the other person who was perfectly healthy before y'all dated. Now they got trust issues. But in regards to this, I have definitely dated someone 
like this. As I think I've said this plenty of times, I attract air signmen like crazy. Like Aquarius, Gemini's, every now and then a Libra. I don't really mess with Libras like that. But Aquarius and Gemini men, these emotionally detached, deranged men, I tend to attract them like crazy. And just like off a stereotype, like that is kind of what they're known for. Like both signs are known for like not being who you need to go to for commitment, trust issues. If you want to date someone who doesn't have a fear of abandonment, like they're not who pops up in your mind. And I've definitely, definitely dated people like this. And for the most part, it has never really been an issue because I was like that. So it would be like, who can get who first, really? It was just, (laughs) it was a betting game of like, hmm, who's going to pull out first? But I did have one situation in particular where I did decide to do the work. Like when me and him were dating, I was in therapy. This wasn't recent. This was like years ago. And I was working on myself and I was trying to be healthier and I really felt an attachment to him. Real quick, guys, here's the thing about attachments. Not all attachments are good. And me and him had an attachment that was not good. Me and him trauma bonded. Me and him got each other's demons. And that's what our love was based off of. It was not based off of the best version of ourselves. It was not based off of all the goodness that we had in us or we could bring in the possible evolutions of us in the future. It was all based on past traumas. And we kind of held each other to those traumas. And it felt safe because it was like, oh, you get my darkness here. It it was really on some like Joker and Harley Quinn type stuff. Like you brought out my dark side. I brought out your dark side. Then we can be crazy in our dark side together type situation. And that's the person I decided like, yeah, let me be healthy. But here's the thing. Uh, I was the only person that decided to be healthy. And so... I got hurt because I was like, okay, I am going to let my guards down. Okay, I am going to be honest. I'm going to fight through uncomfortable feelings. I am going to sit here and allow myself to be vulnerable and stand in my vulnerability, even when it feels uncomfortable and tough. And they did it. They did not make the decision to do that. And it was difficult and it was hard. And the whole relationship felt very triggering every step of this relationship as it progressed felt triggering and I couldn't understand why I felt so anxious all the time and silly me at the time I'm like well maybe this is love you know me being young I was like oh anxiety maybe this is love you know maybe maybe this is what butterflies is supposed to feel like and no it was anxiety and when you're with someone like that also, when you are that person, that's what it feels. It feels very anxious because you never know what to expect with them. You never know when they're actually going to fully be both feet in or when they're going to pull that other foot out and close the door. And it was like karma to me because I got to feel what it was like on the other side of having someone who you're like, oh, this is great. We're having fun. Oh my gosh, I love spending time with them. I feel like I really know this person while not knowing the person at all. So that was something I was really, really good at in the past. I mean, (laughs) don't want to dust my shoulders off. I'm still like super good at it now, but I don't practice it anymore. (laughs) But I was really good at in the past at 
presented myself in a way where it felt like you knew me without you actually knowing me. Kind of like you were saying earlier where you're like, I would be open and talking. People like, oh man, she's so opening up to me like this. I must be so special. It's like, no, this is just, this is just a facade or whatever. And I would do that and then the person actually really wouldn't know I me mean, they wouldn't know a lot about me because I actually had so many walls built up that whatever they thought they knew about me was really all superficial what do they call that shallow water stuff to me personally and when I had that flip the same thing happened this was somebody I had dated well this is what I had knew for a couple years at this point and at the time like again we had a very trauma bonding and because we knew a lot of each other's traumas it felt really intimate but I came to found out there was a whole bunch about this man I did not know a whole bunch about this man yeah and that's what it felt like when I finally was like yo I'm good it was because we had spent the weekend together and I realized like at that there was lots of things that came out when you're confided in a small space with somebody (laughs) And it's like, y'all just have each other to entertain each other, yourself. And I found out a whole bunch of stuff in the span of those two days that in years I didn't know about him. And it it kind of feels like even though I know as someone who's done that before, it's really just them trying to protect themselves. And I know with some of the things I found out, it was something he was very sensitive. Some of it was stuff he was sensitive about. Something, Some of it was stuff he was like, I don't know how you're going to react. Not in a sneaky type way, just personal things that you're like, this is a lot. You know, you tell people certain things about yourself off the bat, you might scare them away. And I know that's why they didn't tell me certain things. But for me, as a person on the other side, it was the first time I recognized like, yo, this feels like the person lied to you though. This doesn't feel like a person who's trying to protect himself. This feels like someone who is intentionally lying to you. And even though I have done that myself before, I, up until that point, didn't recognize that that's how it came off to folks because I was never doing it as a way to lie to people. It was all about self-preservation. So do you think he was doing it to lie or he just... I mean, he's Aquarius. It was probably both. But I feel like mostly it was... (laughs) I feel like, no, I do feel like mostly, I mean, I can't even say that with a straight face. I think it was both, to be honest. (laughs) I do think a lot of it was to protect himself because there were certain things. There were certain things like mental health wise that I just did not know. And I was very upset because I'm like, we talk about mental health. We talked about each other's struggles and he did not disclose to me when it felt like there's plenty of opportunities where the very topic was brought up and you could have told. And I really feel like that particular part, he did not tell because, he did not tell because he was trying to protect himself. It was one of those things I can see that other people finding out about and just being like, yo, I'm good. I don't want to deal with this. Because I've had clients who have had similar situations. So I know it's a thing that happens, but there were some other things as well that I was like, this feels more like lying because you're a liar and then it does like self-protection like you can throw in like some self-protection with that but it really feels like you're lying because you're also a liar (laughs) but that was the thing with them and when I in hindsight years later when I look back and I really put together the pieces of information I knew 
from a therapeutic point of view. And I recognize, like, you know what? He had a lot of trauma in his childhood. He had a lot of trauma in his adulthood. He had people who cared for him, who were supposed to be his first examples of love and trust, break that very early on. And it's really hard when you, as a child, get your your trust broken early on to go on and build healthy relationships later when it's never modeled for you. If all you know of your example of love was a very dysfunctional relationship and that's what you grew up around, that's what you thought love was, even though you might want love because that's what you thought saw love as, you might low-key be terrified. You might be low-key be like, oh, that love stuff on TV looks looks awesome. But uh, when I witnessed it, it wasn't that awesome, you know? And having that internal conflict and... I can definitely see looking back that he probably did have a lot of that. Um, But at the time, I was too young. I was too in the midst of it. I was too in my feelings to understand that and to grasp that that was going on or to care, to be honest with you. Like, my feelings was hurt. I don't care about your trauma. Like, (laughs) I got my own trauma. You didn't seem to care about your trauma when you was traumatized to me. So... Um, that's how I was there. But it was like a dose of my own medicine. It was like the first time. And it, I'm sure it's not the first time it happened, but it was like the first time I cared. It was like the first time it happened and it actually hit me. And it was actually like, this is bad. People shouldn't do this to one another. <laughs> people should be upfront about their trauma. And so people can decide if they want to deal with you and your BS or not. So uh, I definitely have had my experience also with other people dealing with that. So this is what it can look like in action. The whole fear of vulnerability, it can look like being afraid to commit. This is one of the biggest things you'll see, but it's a little bit more to that. And I want to say that before every person that has ever talked to somebody that wouldn't commit to them, be like, hey, see, they was just vulnerable. Because for some people it's that, and for some people, they just know they don't want to be with you. And that's the thing. <laughs> we have to accept that there's some people that will meet, that will love, and they'll commit. You're just not the person they'll commit to. So that's the thing. But this is one of the, yeah, it's true. Like, you, sometimes you have to just be like, you know, as much fun as we had, as much as I loved them, or as much as, you know, I thought we were on this track, that's not how they were really feeling. And that's fine. Like, it is what it is. You have someone else that's more of a match for you. Can you just be honest about that? That does not hurt my feelings at all. It's more honest, and it's more like, okay, let me stop wasting my time. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah. I mean, but that's the whole purpose of not being honest about it. It's like, no, because if I'm honest, you going to be like, goodbye. And I'm still having fun, uh, which sucks. Yeah, Which is such a selfish, yeah, it's such a se- selfish mindset. So, yeah, that is the biggest one. But another one is people who might commit, but it's hard for them to stick around. So these are the people who are like, I love you. I want to be with you. You're my girl. You're my man. I love you. We're going to do this. We're going to get the married thing. And then they break up with you three days later. And then they come back. And then they break up with you a month later. And then they come back. And it's just like they're always leaving you. They're coming back, but they're always leaving. And this is another sign of that. And this is something I would do. 
yeah yeah my longest relationship was like this like my longest relationship like it got to the point that I would break up with him and he was just like all right well I'll see you on Monday and he's just no longer took it seriously like I, I don't know she she just be mad and doing her and then coming back I'm still gonna marry her <laughs> and it was like um I'm so glad he found happiness <laughs> he deserves me he deserves so much better. I should not be laughing about that. But he's an amazing person. And I'm so glad that man found happiness. He, he deserves all the happiness to for. But um, this is a big sign of that. So for you, Neek, when you were doing this, were you conscious of why you were doing it? The thing is, I really did love him. Um, I mean, you love that person. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Like, this was my first love. So I'm not sure why I was doing it. Like well but you can still love them with the it's just that fear of intimacy like you can still love them for real for real I don't know at this time I was younger too Mm -hmm. but it was definitely my first love and it's definitely who I wanted to marry at that time in a long time after so I'm not know why like my feelings will get hurt and I'll break up but then I'll call back okay I'm gonna be back together yeah like I literally did it all the time girl this is my whole dating life up until like age 28 so (laughs) yeah no I get it I get it it just like in the early years I would always like I don't know when it stops but you know what I don't really understand why but when you did get engaged, there was a lot of things that were different when you were with your ex-fiance. Like you, y'all had a lot of trust and he was really good at being like, yo, like being, letting you be you, but also putting his foot down. And I think that helped because he was very much like, I love you and I'm gonna keep loving you. But we are and aren't gonna do it by still allowing you to be you. And I think that is a big help when you're dealing with someone that has a fear of intimacy is showing them like, this is a safe place to be vulnerable. Now you ain't gonna disrespect me, but I am allowing you, I'm making sure that this is a safe place. And I think when you have that safe pace, it makes it easier to stop doing that tug of war running game. Cause I mean, I tried it. You know what? I did try it on him one time. And he was always trying stuff. I don't know why you act like you don't. You was always trying. <laughs> He's Only such a good one guy. Time. One time. So that's good. Okay. Okay. I was like, you know, I can't do this anymore because I don't know what you want from me and what are we doing here? I don't get it. I don't want it because he didn't ask me to be his girlfriend yet. So <laughs> I don't get it. And then, what? You ain't going nowhere. Like, just, just, just stop. <laughs> I think I need reassurance. I think that's another thing. I need reassurance. Yeah. yeah. That's a big yeah, thing with it, too. He shut me down. That's a big thing to, with it, too, a lot of times. Yeah. I think that's what it is, too. And the thing is, I didn't realize I had a problem with intimacy until, until we had this topic today. <laughs> Wait, I do. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> look, sometimes, look, our therapist actually told me once, like, in therapy, he was just like, because I was like, oh, no, you know, um, and I'm enjoying therapy and blah, blah, blah. Because before him, I had went through a couple, like, trying to get a therapist and having a hard time. And I was, like, giving him compliments. And he was like, first of all, half of our therapy sessions is just you talking to yourself and you figuring out your own problems. He's like, you just need a soundboard. And I feel like that's how it is sometimes when me and you do 
sessions. Like sometimes it's just having to have ourselves think through stuff out loud and they'd be like, hold on, wait a minute. Back up, you know what? No, that was me. I did do that. Did not realize it. Like when we're writing our notes, it's like, I do not have this issue whatsoever. And then we talk it through and it's like, huh, huh. Now that I'm listening to myself. I do. <laughs> I do. Even now. But now it's a different um, form of fear intimacy. It's because I did open up a lot with my last relationship and it didn't happen. So now it's just like, okay, sir, do you really like me? Like, I think, think I'm getting not scared of losing that person. I just don't know. It's a fear. It is a fear. Like, if he really feels that way, or can I really be vulnerable enough to open up? There's a major side eye when you date now. I will say that. Like, when you date now, you date with a side eye. Side eye. Like, you date with a side eye. You're like, mm-hmm. I mean, date was good. I mean, we had fun. <laughs> but there's something. And I'm like, all right, I mean, I trust your intuition. Yeah. But it makes sense, though, because you did have an experience where you did date somebody. It did seem to go serious. You did have a person who had all this outpouring, who did all the steps. And that's the thing I think that makes it even harder because I did try somewhat to be more vulnerable and try to to have an intimate relationship emotionally where I allow that person to know me on a greater letter level than shallow and allow myself to be vulnerable, allows myself to trust it somewhat. And I immediately backed up like, uh, you know what? I test the waters just don't seem good back up. And I think when you have situations where you have tried and it backfire, it makes you so much more timid at trying again. Because you're like, no, I tried. And I, red flag one popped up and I tried to work through red flag. And, you know, situation two popped up and I tried to be understanding and loving and kind. And guess what? He kept going and I ended up wasting all this time and get all these hurt feelings. And so it makes it harder. It makes it harder to, when you go again to try. And then, like, for me, okay, I tried with one. Okay, he passed. I was like, yeah. Then I tried with another one. It's just, Chase, he just won't commit. So it's just like, this is what I tried the most with. Like, I'm with all y'all. I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing because I, I think I told you this before. Whenever you talk about one particular person, your voice goes up octaves. <laughs> and I always know. Matter of fact, listeners, whenever you hear your niece's voice go up loud, understand it's one particular person we're talking about. It's just when I get passionate. Because I was it talking is. to somebody recently and I was talking regular and then I started like heightening and he was like, are you okay? That must, that must really be still in your mind. I was like, <laughs> I'll tell you this. Like <laughs> I tell you this all the time. I tell you this all the time because you will be like, yeah, 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 bah, bah, bah. and then him. I'll be like, oh, oh, it's okay, it's okay. We're healed now. We're healed now. <laughs> Usa. <laughs> um. Clearly, I did not address that. <laughs> okay. Carry on. 
look, look. No, but I get it though. Cause I feel like for a long time there was, um, I, I had a person like that too. Like I could not talk on the subject without getting hype. And it was because like, it was still a lot of hurt there that I just didn't address where it was just like, and I talked about this before. Like I would, I didn't, I don't, I'm not, I, I used to not be good at dealing with hurt feelings. I was really good at being like, I'm hurt. Hmm, sweep that under the rug. YOLO. Okay, what are we doing this weekend? Like, that was my go-to. But it shows through when you have conversations like these. Because it takes you by surprise. Because you, when it happened, you were, like, sad. And then you brushed it away. And so you forget how much that hurts. And then you'll be talking. But, yeah, you know, I did in this person. And, you know, it was a hard thing. And you know what? And his mama, let me tell you about And, like, <laughs> next thing you know, you're just at this high level. And you're like, ooh, hmm, yeah, still didn't address that, all right. But the being afraid, are we on the scared to stick it through thing, I think, which is why your person, like, I always was such a stand for, because I'm just like, I understand that. I don't understand why you don't see why that's love. Um, <laughs> and I think it's just, I think it's hard, though, when you when you see a version of love and prominently in your life and it looks so unhealthy so even when you find love and it feels healthy and it feels nothing like that version there's always a piece in the back of your head like mm, this can go south at any minute this can turn into that other thing real any minute and i want to be able to always have an escape plan and be able to escape quickly if that happens i don't want to be that person that's stuck through and stayed with that pain. And um, you'll see this a lot with people who grew up in broken homes. You'll see this a lot with people who had parents who you you saw crying a lot, parents who you saw heartbroken a lot, who you saw getting cheated on a lot, who you saw just in unhappy marriages, or maybe marriages that seemed happy, but as a child, you saw the behind the screens. Um, it is, and it's why I'm so big and conscious of my dating life as a mom. Like I try to keep my daily life far away from my daughter as possible. And I'm very conscious of who I bring around my daughter. And I'm very conscious of like, like I have never dated somebody as a mom and be like, yes, and we're gonna move in together and blah, blah, blah. Cause that's a big decision to me, you know? And then I'm very conscious of the fact that like what I do with my love life, what I allow her to see what I allow to be in my household is going to have some type of effect on her love life going forward. And if I bring anything to her that's not healthy, that's not showing progress, that's not showing compassion, that's not showing empathy, that's not showing growth, that's not showing forgiveness and understanding. be passing down a generational curse to her that she might pass down to my grandkids and my great-grandkids and I don't want that and it's a big part of why like I spent the last year and a half about to be two years really just working on myself and working on my own traumas and working on my own issues and working on my own wounds that Chiron killer 
working on that because I'm like, I really, really, as an adult, I see how that manifests. And I don't want you to spend your 20s trying to figure this out because I didn't figure it out when I had you. And I just passed it on to you. So another one that you'll see that's kind of shows you what fear of intimacy can look like is um, people who need an abundance of other people in their love life at all times. These are the people who can never have just one partner. They can never have just one person. Um, sometimes they might even have their dream person. They might have met their dream person, their it person, but they still need to hold on to others. And this is because they have a, this this is a sign, this can be a sign of a fear of intimacy with this. This could be a sign of like, it's another version of having one foot in and one foot out. Even if I, it's like, even if I found my dream person, if this doesn't work up, I already have a full lineup. I don't have to go through the struggle, cry alone stage and then try to pick myself up by my bootstraps and then try to find new people to replace. And you know how hard it can be to find people you even semi-tolerate. It's like, no, because I already got a whole group of people I semi-tolerate. <laughs> standby so whenever someone who's significant actually leaves it does not hurt that much because I don't have enough time to dwell in it because I have too many other people occupying my time that whenever I feel too sad too lonely too dependent on you too too much like maybe I should let down my walls maybe I should give in I don't get to dwell in that feeling long enough because there's somebody else hitting my line there's somebody else next to me literally that was me Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, girl, I was about to say, um, so that was us. Don't know if you wanted to throw that out there or not, um, but both of us have done this. At different times. Yes, at very different. Matter of fact, it really was. And when you were in yours, I was the complete opposite. And when I was in mine, you were your opposite. Because I had my young girl phase later in life and you had yours earlier in life. Because you had yours when we were in college. And when we were in college, I was... Yeah, college, yeah, I'm saying college, yeah, but then even after we graduated, before I got in a serious relationship, I was dating a lot of people, like, yeah, yeah, but by the time you stopped, I had started, it was like you passed the torch, (laughs) we was in the (laughs) right, like we were in an emotional, dysfunctional (laughs) relay place. I would just be living living through you, because I was not talking to anybody for at least like three years. I'm like, let me just live through her. I was living my best life. Look, yo, I had a girlfriend who who recently reached out to me and um, was asking me, like, you know, what's going on with your love life? And I was like, nothing. You know, I'm still um, healing intentionally. And if the universe brings somebody and they really make it known, like, hey, this is someone you can date intentionally, blah, 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 blah. I was like, until that happens, you know, nothing. I'm really focusing on my business. I'm really focused on blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I went through all that, and she was like, ooh, I miss fun you. <laughs> she was like, I miss you hitting me up. Like, girl, I'm going to call you in five minutes when I get home. I got to tell you this. <laughs> I was like, I miss her, too. She had so much fun. <laughs> She had so much fun when she wasn't crying. Yeah. I was always like, I'm going to wait by my phone. Yeah. Um, just so I'll be looking at my little 
location. He was make it home, please. Oh gosh, oh gosh, yeah, a whole lot of fun. I definitely was not talking to anybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was talking to everybody. I was just bored. I was just bored. I would send you a picky. Like, that's not even yell type. And I'm like, I mean, I got a free Friday. What, what else am I doing, Nick? <laughs> I got a free Friday and some really cute heels I have not worn. I don't know what you want from me. But yeah, no. And with me, I know for me, this was definitely a... Um, this was definitely a way, from, a way for me to avoid real intimacy. And it was almost exactly like I said, where it was like, I wanted to make sure that if anybody caught my attention too much, that if things didn't work out, I would be able to rebound quickly. And it was really easy for me to rebound if I had distractions. And I say distractions because it's not just like that with other people, but I was like that with work as well. Like as long as I keep myself busy enough that I, I got too much stuff going on, that I don't have time to be sad too long. I don't have the emotional capacity. I don't have the cognitive space to be sad for too long because I got too much going on or I got too many other people to entertain me. It was like keeping me in a safe bubble. But the problem with that is you don't allow yourself to have real intimacy because you can't be that intimate with that many people. It's going to be fake intimacy with most of them. And even the person that it does seem like some sort of real intimacy, you're blocking that by constantly having all these other people. Now, that is my belief. And that's my belief for people who have a monogamous mind. Like I know in my heart, I like I'm selfish and I I like my I like my person obsessed with me. (laughs) And I know that I'm unable to give my full self to somebody while giving myself to somebody else on an emotional level because for me yeah I don't I don't even understand people who are able to be emotionally vulnerable with multiple people like that and I don't mean like just emotionally vulnerable as in general because you know you're you have that in friendships you have that in familiar relationships but I mean like on a romantic level like people who can do that amaze me like I'm just in awe like huh you got enough trust for more than one person look at you oh Oh, yeah yeah it's definitely not something I can do now one just the thought of (laughs) it's funny because I was thinking this earlier where I was like huh there's really was a time where I could text multiple people in a day I could see multiple people in a week or a month and now like the thought of having to hold a whole conversation with one person is exhausting like I do this for a living you gonna need to pay me like I don't it's just it feels like work um so I do want to make sure we don't confuse it with like there are people who are dating just to have fun there are people who are dating casually like that's literally what they want and they're honest about it and that's not the people we're talking about that's not what we're talking about we're talking about fear of intimacy it's really talking about the people who want it but push it away they're not honest up with themselves or others about that so with these people it's like it's literally a bootleg way of getting feelings of love but it's not real love it's it's a bootleg way of getting fake intimacy without having to pay the real cost of intimacy 
which is that trust, which is that vulnerability and so forth that we were talking about. And like a way I could kind of put it in like a metaphor of sorts. So like the way I'll put it is like, okay, real intimacy is like something you have to buy at a store, okay? It's something that you need real credit for. It's something you need real money, something that you earned to exchange it for, okay? Like going to a store, putting down money for, putting the credit on or putting down a good intimacy deposit to get the love that you desire and instead of doing that instead of being like man look my intimacy credit is shot I have no plans on working on it I have no plans of paying any of my karma back uh, but I still really want this intimacy. So instead of going to the intimacy like dealership store or whatever you go around the corner to Pookie and them all right they got some low-grade intimacy buy two get one free it is not fda approved it comes with a big warning sign that says bottle of intimacy used for your pleasure and then at the bottom in small letters it says should not be used for real intimacy like this is how bootleg we are talking i mean it's like it's actually called i can't believe this is intimacy because it's not the real thing it's the most generic version of it that we can find and Unlike the real intimacy that if you bought from a real dealership, put down the real credit, the hard-earned credit you had to work for, your hard-earned intimacy cash, paid all your intimacy karma, did all your intimacy debt, all of that, and it's FDA approved with this illegitimate intimacy, there's a chance it might give you hives. There's a chance it might break you out. It's a chance of a lot of things to go wrong, but by doing all those things we talked about earlier like keeping lots of other people around like breaking up and getting back together breaking up and getting back together like doing all the things for a relationship and then saying we're not ready for commitment though by doing all of that it's all fake intimacy and eventually when you buy the fake thing someone's gonna be able to point it out and say eh the stitching on that's off that's not real you got that from china like eventually it's going to show and it's not something that you can the the knockoffs of intimacy don't look good it always looks like a knockoff and you have to be willing to do the real work you have to be willing to do the real steps in order to get to that level of love and that level it's no matter how scary it is so here are some of the downsides for people who fear intimacy and they never really address it. One, typically these people have higher rates of depression and higher rates of substance abuse. So usually when people are have a fear of intimacy, those they have higher rates of both of those things. And what you'll start to see is a lot of times when people struggle with intimacy, a lot of times you're also seeing them struggle with things like their self-esteem. Because for some people, the fear of intimacy is actually the belief of not feeling they are worth real intimacy. This might be a fear that I'm not worthy of that type of love. I'm not good enough for that type of love. I have too much going on for someone to be that open and vulnerable and loving towards me. So I'm going to put up this wall because I don't even want to trick myself into believing I deserve that. We also have, like we said before, it is a issue of trust issues. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where it's like, if you 
have tried to do the vulnerable thing, the intimacy thing, the loving thing, the letting my walls down thing, the trusting your intentions thing, and it backfires, that can mess up your trust going forward. Well, the next one is trouble with committing. These are the people that like are really like in love with that person, are really feeling that person, but they're just having the trouble with saying that they want to be with that person, fearing of maybe missing out on something else or just feelings of getting your feelings hurt. I know for me personally, it was a lot of the time fear of missing out. Like when I was younger, fear of missing out on other things. Don't know why, but that was (laughs) When you get older, I feel like that one's harder to have because if you've been dating as an older person, you know you're not missing out on anything. (laughs) once you find a person oh yeah yeah because yeah. love's I mean dating was like exciting back then and it was easier to be carefree and it was like oh he's 6'8 okay like, <laughs> I feel like when you're older you're like he can't hold a conversation though right and the next one is unstable relationships this is like the breakup to makeup type situation or I love him or he or I hate him the next day or just the going back and forth and it's not it's kind of toxic and unstable mm-hmm. it's also the people who like have multiple like whenever you look at their love life it's messy and it's like you can't keep track of what's going on because it's always a new person it's always like back to back like their love like blends in when they were with Brittany they low key was also with Jessica when they were with Donald they were also low key with Matt but once they broke up with Matt they were only single for a month before Timmy came in like it's all they don't have stable relationships all their relationships seems fast short ended there's no real understanding of when they started and ended and when the other one started and ended it's just messy it's just messy you can't really pinpoint when they ever had something stable and strong can't keep up with yeah of it. yeah oh yeah then if we have trouble communicating your feelings this one i don't want to talk about me but <laughs> <laughs> but like if you can't <laughs> you can say quote unquote but a like, friend <laughs> Do <laughs> you just really like hold I think it's for me or uh, just holding a lot of stuff in and not communicating true feelings or scared to let those feelings open out, out of uh reject or neglecting mm. those feelings. Um or yeah, just not being able to communicate them because you don't trust that person to hold that information. Or yeah. you don't feel like your information is even worthy mm. of them hearing it sometimes so it's a lot of reasons that you have trouble communicating your feelings though yeah with that one I also will say because I know with me this was one for me where it was like I did not feel safe communicating my anger and frustration all the time and so I will hold things in and then out of nowhere would just explode and it would be like wait when I did blah 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 that was last summer and I was like yep and I'm mad about it didn't get to tell you last summer, but I'm mad about it. And it for me, I know it was really more so like I fear that if I say this, it will rock the boat. And I'm starting to feel safe. And I rather keep the somewhat feeling of safety and not rock the boat than 
give you this information and then all this get taken away because you don't like the information I'm giving you. I think it's the same for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like I just don't want it to mess up mm-hmm. what we have going or what what I think we have going. I think that yeah, I'm, yeah. I was scared to open up about things, but I don't want to mess up this good thing or even not feeling like my feelings were valid. Sometimes I don't like that, but because you called them on so long, I would do the same thing. I would just explode, and they'd be like, "Okay, where is that coming from?" But maybe because you didn't notice this. Um, I must go. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. Because I know for me, like, I am, as much as I'm like, yeah, I can be so nonchalant, blah, blah, blah. When I care, I care. And I care deeply. And I get very, very sensitive when I care. And that has to be hard for people dating me because (laughs) it's really hard to go from, like, nonchalantness to, like, oh, you got a lot of Scorpio placements. Like, it's real hard to make that transition. And I think that is the biggest part of that is, like, I get really, really sensitive. So it's like, now that I have this feeling and it is sensitivity, I'm now in a more sensitive place because I trust you. Because I have more trust. I have more vulnerability with you. And I'm being sensitive, so I can't. Not only am I afraid how you're going to take it, I might not be able to take how you respond now because now I'm sensitive. Now I'm no longer nonchalant. Things roll off the side of me. Now I'm like, everything hurt my feelings. And I don't know if what you're going to say is now going to hurt my feelings. And I don't feel like having my feelings hurt. And then another one is having an insatiable sexual desire. And this is like those who like sex addicts. Um, One of the big things when you read up on sex addicts, you will hear it talked about a lot, tend to have a fear of intimacy, Um, which is why in the beginning we ask, okay, are you dating for fun or are you dating as a way to avoid Uh, Are you casually dating for fun or are you dating to avoid real intimacy? Because a lot of times with people who have like a sexual addiction, you're, you're, you're using sex to replace something else. And you are using sex as like a coping skill. You are using some maladaptive one, but it's not because I think sometimes when we say things like intimacy, people automatically think sex. And intimacy is so much more beyond sex, and sex does not have to be intimate at all. We have a whole culture revolving around the lack of intimacy in sex right now, especially in our music, especially in pop culture. And it's starting to become like because we have to detach emotions from sex, and it makes it so common that now you'll see a lot of people use sex almost as a way to not be intimate with a person because it's like I am sharing my body. I don't have to share my mind because we're sharing bodies and we're not sharing minds. You are now an object to me. Takes away a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why when people do struggle with sexual addictions while they're going through like therapy and so forth, they are told to refrain from sex because it's very easy for them to fall back. It's like, nope, now you got to start learning people from their personality and emotions. Now you got to start forming emotional bonds. So this is definitely a big one. I think we see this one a lot. I think it's just promoted in pop culture a lot. 
it's just like if you listen to our music today especially our our tv shows and stuff you'll see it all over the place where people were talking about like having sex casually passing on to the next person blah 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 blah. and i'm not even saying that's a bad thing i think it's a bad thing when we make it the culture around sex though i think if you i think there's something wrong with people wanting to be casual and wanting to have their freedom and so forth but i think when we push it as the norm they're we we risk we risk having a society who struggles with their emotions because i think when i think when you start telling the masses that like no just use this as a a, a form of energy release you leave out the part that hey this is also a form of energy exchange and when you're exchanging energies like that and not everybody is on the same page of what they're exchanging, but I'm exchanging to you mental anguish and resistance and non-commitment and you're trying to push on me with commitment and love and so forth, somebody's about to walk away confused. And then lastly, we have isolation. And this is just plain old simple, I am scared of intimacy, so I just straight up avoid it. Now, let me tell you, I low-key felt personally attacked when I was writing this one because I'm like definitely in a state of isolation now. I love isolating. Like when I get overwhelmed, isolation is my first go-to. I feel very, very comfortable by myself. And then I had like this whole moment of like, hold on, wait, am I healing or am I currently isolating out of fear? (laughs) But I came to the conclusion like, no. No, I'm definitely healing because it's not like I'm purposely like not talking to people out of like fear. I really am working on myself. I really am open to the idea of love. For all we know, I can meet my husband tomorrow and I would be very open to it. But with this, it's more so like I get hurt. So I just shut down and close myself off from the world to avoid that hurt again. And there is no working on self. There's no healing. There's no, this is just like, no, that's, that, that's like the cause was pain. The reaction was stop talking to people. And then that was it. Like there's no process after that. It's just, <laughs> that was the solution. And that's very dangerous because you stunt your growth with too much isolation. You can grow in isolation, but to grow in isolation, you actually have to start working on yourself, doing work, observing things, creating self-awareness, things like that. But when you isolate and that's it, like you're not doing anything in the isolation, Uh, one, yeah, you're really pushing for depression there. But two, um, you're really studying your growth because now not only are you gaining new experiences that might push you towards growth, you're not getting anything at all and you're stopping where you left, which was in pain, hurt, embarrassment, frustration, and abandonment. And if you're not growing during that, then you're just letting that simmer while in isolation. You're not getting anything out of it, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, here's the thing. If you actually want intimacy, one, you have to believe you are worthy of having it. Allowing yourself to believe you deserve it, you can have it, and it can be a good thing. And the next part is just, like, accepting that trial and error is a part of the game. And even through, like, emotional breakthroughs, something is learned and gained, and it doesn't mean you shouldn't try again, but try when you're ready so basically you might fail or it might not work but there's nothing wrong with like getting back up and trying trying i guess it's like a message to myself (laughs) (laughs) because like just the fear of not 
just the fear of getting hurt again shouldn't stop you and just practicing being intimate um and i think it will help you to build up for that right person and it won't hold you back from better opportunities just because you were hurt in the past I definitely agree with this. I think uh, also like you, this is one of the biggest things that I've had to work on is understanding that um, past I, I uh, trial and error is a part of it. And you might try and you might try to be vulnerable with someone. You might try to be emotionally intimate with someone and it doesn't work and it does not have to be the end of the world. And you should still try again if that's what you actually really want that with all things in life general there's going to be trials there's going to be errors and you you don't get it right without trying without you don't get it right if you don't try at all and I think it can be scary especially if one time you tried and it the pain was like it literally felt like you weren't going to make it through that pain and there's no magic pill for that there's no magic saying yeah, there's nothing I can say. Like, you get over it when you get over it, and then you dust yourself off when you can dust yourself off. And yeah, try again when you finally have the strength again to try. Like, there's no shortcut to it. The only thing that helps is believing that there's still love out there, and it's still worth trying for again, and believing that and allowing yourself to keep trying. I think even, I don't know if this is good or bad, but, like, just trying and even in moments, like, okay, I might not want to be with this person, but I'm going to be vulnerable in this situation and tell them how certain things make me feel. Like, I think that's practice, too. Like, oh, yeah. Just opening up in those moments. Um, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. Cause, like, that recently what happened to me. Like, yeah, I really don't care if I'm a person or not. But the way that he's approaching, I need to be more open because that's me being more vulnerable or being more intimate. Like that really hurt my feelings to open up. So I think just being more open in general and just practicing it, even if yeah. it's not the one or whatever, just practicing intimacy. Um, yeah. So you can be more comfortable with it. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely intimacies of different type. Like it does not have to be a romantic intimacy at all times. And I agree with you. The first person I actually openly tried to be like vulnerable with. And once I went, started really working on growth, really working on healing and that sort of thing. The first person I tried it with, we were people who had been in each other's life for a while. <laughs> like that's, I don't know how else to describe our, our connection other than we are people who've been in each other's life for a while we recognize that we are not meant for each other but we care about each other like we want each other to do well um and I practice um vulnerability with him where um like one time me and him had got into it earlier this year and I was really like okay whatever and I went about my life and then I felt bad about it. And then I think it was like maybe a month later, I was really still working on healing. I was working on forgiving. I was working on um, being honest with myself about my feelings and not just brushing feelings underneath the rug. And I had a feeling of like, I actually miss this person because at the end of the day, this person was a comforting person in my life. And um, this person at that time that I had pushed him away was really, really working really hard on trying to be vulnerable with me, trying to open up with me. And 
standard there was a connection and we both agree like hey it's not enough of a connection for us to push for this to be anything but I was able to reach out and say hey I apologize my behavior was uncalled for I was reacting to you off of me dealing with something else and that was unfair of me and I was even able to say like I hope you forgive me and all that sounds like elementary stuff that I should have learned in the sixth grade, but I didn't. So like that, <laughs> that was one, it was absolutely terrifying for me to do that. But also they created a, a open space where it felt comfortable and it made me feel comfortable doing it again because of the way they react was like, yo, I've never known you to apologize to someone you've dated. And he was like, I've never known you to like approach me ever in this way. And they're very appreciative. They're like, I know that had to be hard for you because I've never, it was like, you, you be wilding all the time and you'll never say sorry. And they also apologize like, no, but you had told me like, yo, I'm not in the right mind space and I kept pushing for this and that's my apologies. And then they were also able to like, you know what? I miss you too. I miss your company as well. And because of that, it made it easier for me going forward to be like, oh, I can tell people my feelings. It's okay to say something that I will normally disregard as me being soft. Like for real, there has definitely been times I've missed people and I've been like, I can't say that because he gonna think he got the upper hand and I be damn, blah, 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> that was usually my mindset. But when I began working on myself and through that friendship, I was able to, and I do say friendship because we actually really were friends at that point. And I was able to use that friendship and and I was honest with him. I was like, look, I'm really working on these things. And so <laughs> I am trying to practice this with you. But you're making it hard because you're really annoying me right now. But being able to practice that with them really helped me going forward. It made me feel like, okay, it's not something that's impossible. Hey, this is something you can do. Hey, you know, this is how you do that. And this is the way people can respond. And this is the way that, like, it, it does not always have to be this whole like oh you solve your ego ooh, type of thing and that's how I viewed it in my head beforehand I think that's how it is we just don't want to feel soft or we don't want to feel like the first person that makes that move or saying those words yeah oh yeah and I mean ego is a big part of it ego is a big big part of it because I think for a long time I I like being able to say stuff didn't really get to me. Like, it was almost a bragging white type of thing, even though stuff did get to me. Like, I'm a really big softy on the inside. I'm very, very, very sensitive. Or I'm a Gemini. One side of me is very, very sensitive. <laughs> and it, it felt like a weight off my shoulder to have to not feel like I had to be hard all the time, to not feel like nothing didn't get to me all the time. It almost felt better to be able to be like, hey, this hurt my feelings. I did not like that. I would like to discuss that um, and not make a joke out of it because I'm big on that too. Like I'm big for turning things into jokes. I'm big for turning things into like humor and as a way to bypass the pain. So it's like, I still get to say what I need to say out, but I say it in a way that it's like, haha, you won't take this seriously. Yeah, it's jokes, jokes, right? Um, and it felt good to be able to learn how to say it 
and there's no LOL after. With all of that said, do you think that going forward that you still have a big fear of intimacy? Do you think you are better at working through those issues now? I think I am better, but I'm getting back more comfortable with being intimate or being vulnerable or being open. Like, I feel myself holding back, and I just, like, no, just go ahead and say it, or go ahead and let it open, or go ahead and let it happen, mm-hmm. instead of pulling back. Yeah. Because I don't want it to stop me from something that could be really good, even to the point I, I start saying negative stuff, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, trying to play off every situation as a negative situation, so I won't have to, like, so I can give myself an excuse to, I guess, run away. So I have to, like, actually think my thoughts out like "Mm, no are you just saying that because of this so it's like actively in the moment trying to be more (laughs) more intimate and being more open so it's not anything that's easy but it's something I am definitely trying good good action I just see you trying I just see you trying I will say in real life actively I see because sometimes you'll say something and then you'll be like, but you know what? Maybe it's this and maybe I am projecting this, 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 and this, and this. So I am going to let things flow and I'm going to see how things progress. And I'd be like, look at her. Good for her. Um, I think going forward, I am a lot better at intimacy. I think, honestly, I think the biggest thing for me was self-awareness. And learning and self-awareness is a continual thing. It's an ongoing process. You you don't just know yourself and then you're done. You're forever changing. You're forever growing. There's always something new I'm learning about myself. And sometimes I have to relearn myself. There's certain things that's true about me yesterday that's no longer true about me today. But um, gaining that self-awareness, I think, will help me. And I think it will help any intimacy fears that I have going forward. And I feel like I made a lot of headway in progress with a lot of them. But I'm also very aware of the fact that like right now I'm not dating. Right now I am very aware of the fact like right now I'm not actually putting them into practice. So I'm aware that like when I actually have to put this into practice, it might be a little harder. You know, this this whole episode might sound a little different. Because, you know, when you're actually dealing with folks instead of, like, the invisible, yes, trust. Like, when you're actually dealing with, like, Blockhead, Ray Ray, and you're like, yeah, trust. And like, you know, Ray really been making it hard. Oh, like, I think I will do a lot better. I hope, my hope is really that all of the hard work that I have been going through all of the punishment Saturn has been putting me through will pay off I don't have to keep going through this trust process with people (laughs) that my next person would just be that person they'd be like right, here you go y'all just practice on each other for the next 50 years that is my hope (laughs) I gotta be 100% honest with y'all if 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 I got to try and try again more than two times, you know, I might be out the game. I might be one of those people who can't but teach. My hope is I do think I have gotten a lot better. I think the, the thing that helped me the most is being aware of what my struggles are and being aware of what my fears are and being aware of how those struggles and fears and wounds have played itself out in the past so I can catch myself when I see it playing out in the present. Right. I think I see you like growing, but 
I guess we have to see what's what you really so you're not dating right now. But I do see you growing for that moment. I, I appreciate it. I definitely, definitely appreciate it. Sis is trying. I am trying my very hardest for the... I'm trying my very hardest for the universe to not come back around, like, and you make me repeat the same lessons. So I'm like, I might as well just get it right this time. <laughs> I do not want to keep redoing the same lesson for the next 20 years. Like, if I could just struggle, make it past the slide. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, that is all that we have for this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed. Welcome to season two. We're so excited. We have so many cool, fun topics for you guys coming up this season. Yeah, so that's all we have for this week. Make sure you're following us on Instagram. Instagram name is She Wolf Alchemy. Also, make sure that you are subscribing and liking whatever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you don't mind, if you're enjoying the show be sure to write us a great review other than that we'll see you guys next thursday